Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa bihi nasta'in wa sallallahumma wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama wa sallama tasliman kathira amma ba'd Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking his divine aid seeking his assistance whomsoever Allah azawajal guides none can misguide and whomsoever Allah azawajal misguides none can guide I be with the satan is right to be worshipped except Allah Azawajal alone without any partner and I testify that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is his final prophet and messenger as for proceeding inshallah we continue our study of the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and we have not ceased to be studying Surah Al-Baqarah with the explanation and tafsir by Shaykh Abdurrahman Ibn Nasir Al-Sa'di Rahimullah Ta'ala and we've reached verse 120 and verse 120 Goes as follows: بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولن ترضى عنك اليهود ولن نصارى حتى تتبع ملتهم قل إن هدى الله هو الهدى ولا إن اتبعت أهواءهم بعد الذي جاءك من العلم ما لك من الله من ولي ولا نصير الله أجل says that the Jews and the Christians will never be pleased with you until you follow the religion. Say, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, verily the guidance of Allah Azawajal is the only true guidance. And if you were to follow their desires after the knowledge that has come to you, then you would have neither a protector nor a helper against Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this address, which is given, where Allah mentioned that the Jews and the Christians will never be pleased with you up until you follow their religion, it is given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam first and foremost. And the Jews and the Christians will never be pleased with him unless he follows their religion. Because they believe that the path of salvation lies in adherence to Christianity or adherence to Judaism. And because they call people to the religion which they themselves are following. So, they claim that this is the truth. And Allah Azawajal says to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Qul, say to them, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Verily the guidance of Allah, which I have been sent with, is the only true form of guidance. Qul, inna huda Allahi huwa al-huda. Say to them, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to the Jews and the Christians, Indeed the guidance of Allah, Yani the guidance which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has come with huwa al-huda this is guidance in essence this is true guidance and there is no other path of guidance which leads you to Allah azza wa jal and his pleasure in the year after and there is no path which leads to salvation except following the path of the Quran and following the path of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then Allah azza wa jal he gives a warning to the Prophet and he says Allah then says and that if you were to follow their desires yani their beliefs and their practices after the knowledge that has come to you then you would neither have a protected help against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this represents firstly a stern warning 
to the Prophet والسلام, not to follow the whims and desires of the Jews and the Christians. And in essence, the entire religion, it consists of whims and desires. It is also a warning not to imitate them in that which is exclusive to their religions. If you were to follow their desires, after clear knowledge has come to you, you will have no help against Allah, no a protector. So this is the warning which is always given to us as Muslims, not to imitate the customs and the practices and especially the religious festivals of yani, the Jews and the Christians and all other religions and congratulating them on these occasions. So Allah Azza really gives this warning to the Prophet firstly, but this khitab, this address, it also extends to his ummah. His ummah is also included in this warning. Because what matters is, as we always mention, the general applica application of the verse, regardless of whom it specifically addresses. So in the Quran, it speaks a lot about the Bani Israel, or it speaks about the disbelieving nations, or it speaks about people who fell short with regards to the rights of Allah Azza wa Jal. It's not for us to say, this only applies to this specific group of people. What applies to that specific group of people. We take the general lesson from the verse. And this is how we approach the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the verse which follows, verse 121, Allah Israel says, Allah says that those whom we have sent the book, meaning from among the Jews and the Christians, يتلونه, they read it as it should be read. Allah says, They are the ones who truly believe in it. Taib. So this verse relates to the previous nations, the Ahlul Kitab, the Jews and the Christians. And Allah says, from amongst them are those whom we have given the book. And they recognize this, that this sending of a revelation, it is a mina min Allah. It's a great favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do they approach this favor? They read it as it ought, ought to be read. So this encompasses all forms of tilawa. Reciting it as it ought to be pronounced. For us, for example, proper tajweed and proper makharij. It also encompasses practicing upon the book. Because this is all encompassing of the meaning of tilawa. So this means that they regard as permissible that which the book permits. They declare permissible what the book permits. And they regard as forbidden that which the book forbids. And they act upon it, yani, clear meanings, its muhkam meanings, as well as the mutashabi meanings, the unambiguous meanings. Meaning the verses which are not entirely clear, they believe in it and they refer the unambiguous or the ambiguous verses to that which is clear, to get clarification. And they believe in it in the book in its entirety. Allah says, these are the ones whom Allah has blessed from amongst the Ahlul Kitab. Those who acknowledge the blessings of Allah and give thanks 
to Allah Azza wa Jal. They believe in all the messengers and do not differentiate between any of them because this is the necessary requirements of Al-Iman. So on this verse is the reflection that many of us, we are very well versed in reciting the Book of Allah. We recite it, we recite it as it ought to be recited. But the true meaning of this verse means we should practice upon the book as it ought to be practiced upon. And if we don't make effort to understand the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like we are trying in this dismal effort of ours, then how will you be able to truly practice upon the book? If you don't know what the book of Allah azawajal contains, you'll only be practicing upon hearsay. So Allah azawajal gives this address to the Ahlul Kitab, but it applies to us as well. الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَتْلُونَهُ حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِي أُولَٰئِكَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ Those who recite the book as it ought to be recited, they are the ones who truly believe in it. These are the true believers. And not those who have said, we believe in that which was revealed to us, وَنَكْفُرُ بِمَا وَرَاهُ And we reject that which came after it, like the Jews said. But rather, a true believer believes in everything that was revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he believes in all the messengers which Allah azza wa jal which Allah azza wa jal sent so Allah says وَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِي فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ and whosoever disbelieves in it yani disbelieves in it then they indeed are the people of khusran they are the people of khusran and this means that they are at loss like Allah Azrael says, وَالْعَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ And khusr means loss. And loss can either be in the absolute sense or in a specific sense. And loss in the absolute sense means disbelief. And then everything which comes after this is a form of loss. A major sin is a form of loss. A minor sin is a form of loss, etc., etc. So, Loss can either be in the general sense or a specific sense. Allah Azrael in the verses which follows, they mentioned two verses which we already clarified and Allah says, Ya Bani Israel, adhkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum wa anni faddaltukum ala al-alameen. O children of Israel, remember the blessing I have bestowed upon you and that I favored you over all other nations. This we clarified before. And the verse which follows, verse 123, وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا لَا تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا عَدْلٌ وَلَا تَنْفَأُ شَفَاعَةٌ وَلَا هُمْ يُنْصَرُونَ This verse we also explained before. Allah Azza wa Jal negates on the double qiyamah all types of benefit. A benefit wherein a person can gain something or a benefit wherein a person can ward some difficulty away. Allah Azza wa Jal negates both types of benefit in this verse. And he says, وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا Then fear a day when no soul will avail another. No compensation will be accepted from it. No intercession will benefit it, nor will they be helped. So Allah Azza wa Jal negates all forms of help on this day. Allah Azza wa Jal negates all forms of help on the day of Al-Qiyamah. Allah Azza wa then says in verse 124 وَإِذِبَتَ لَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ 
Qala inni ja'iluka linnasi imama Qala wa min dhurriyyati Qala la yanalu ahdi al-zalimin Allah Azza wa Jalla introduces to us For the first time in his book Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam And this is suitable For this part of the book of Allah Azza wa Jalla Because before this Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned to us The Bani Israel And he mentioned to us about The Nasara and all religions, as they claim Abrahamic yani religions, that goes back to Nabi Ibrahim. So Allah Azza wa Jalla in these verses will clarify to us who Nabi Ibrahim truly was. Was he a Jew? Was he a Christian? Or was he from amongst those who submit to Allah Azza wa Jalla in Tawheed and in Islam in the general sense? Allah Azza wa says, <coughs> and remember when we tested, or remember when Ibrahim was tested by his Lord. Bikalimatin fa'atamahunna. He was tested by his Lord with certain words. Bikalimatin. That means words. Fa'atamahunna. And he fulfilled yani this. He fulfilled this. So, kalimat, in the context of this verse, it refers <coughs> to commands. Allah Azawil tested him with certain commands and certain prohibitions. Allah Azawajal commanded him to do certain things and he did and he executed this properly and perfectly. He did this properly and perfectly. So here Allah Azawajal tells us about his slave and close friend Ibrahim because Nabi Ibrahim reached the status of being Khalilur Rahman, the intimate close friend of Allah Azza wa Jal, whose leadership and virtue is universally acknowledged and all groups of the people of the book and even the mushrikun they claim as a leader Taib, each and every single religion lays claim to Nabi Ibrahim the Jews say that they have the most right to Nabi Ibrahim the Nasara they say they have the most right to Nabi Ibrahim and yes, Sheikh Abdul Rahman says, even the mushrikun, they claim him as a leader. But Allah Azrael tells us that Allah Azrael tried and tested him with certain commands and prohibitions. Which is how Allah Azrael usually, usually tests his servants to highlight those who are sincere in the face of trial, which is a musibah, calamity, and to demonstrate those who are sincere and will be elevated in status by means of the test. Because not every test we faced, it is a calamity. A calamity can strike you as a result of a shortcoming on your behalf. So if due to a sin, we can be trialed with a musibah, a calamity. But at times Allah Azza wa Jal also tests servants. And this is called yani imtihan. And this comes across in the meaning where a companion asks the Prophet who is the most severely tried trial people. Right? And the Prophet said, Ashadun nas balaan al-anbiya, thumma al-amthal fal-amthal. Then those who resemble them in there, iman and taqwa, then those who resemble them. So, the difference between the two is a calamity comes about as a result of a sin. And Allah as well trials you by way of that sin. But the imtihan, a test 
Allah Azza wa gives the believer to elevate his status and to wipe away sins. Both wipe away sins, but the one is used to elevate the status of the individual. And this is true with regards to the Anbiya and the Salihin. So Allah Azza by means of the test, their deeds will be purified and they will be cleansed of sin. One of the greatest of them is in regard to Nabi Ibrahim and he did what Allah Azza wa commanded him to do properly and perfectly and Allah Azza wa appreciated that and he still appreciates it and therefore Allah Azza wa said after Nabi Ibrahim completed the command which Allah Azza wa gave him Allah said Kala inni nasi imama. Allah said I will make you a leader for mankind inni ja'iluka Linasi imama. That is that they will follow your example and they will follow your guidance and they will walk behind you to their eternal bliss. And you will be highly thought of forever. From the time Nabi Ibrahim was made a prophet up until this very day and beyond, up until Qiyamah, Nabi Ibrahim will be highly thought of. And this is part of Allah Azza wa making him an Imam. Inni nasi imama. Also, by way of Allah Azza wa making him an Imam, a leader, you will attain a great reward and you will be venerated by everyone. And this is the case. Nabi Ibrahim is venerated by the Jews, the Christians, and by the Muslims. And this surely is the highest status for which people may compete and strive hard for. The greatest achievement is that of the messages, messengers of firm resolve. And each sincere follower of theirs who is calling to Allah Azza wa Jal and His way. So when Ibrahim attained this high status, he sought that for his descendants too. So once Nabi Ibrahim attained the status, he also wanted the status, he also wanted the status for his descendants. So that his status and that of his descendants would become higher. Because Nabi Ibrahim becomes the one who showed us the guidance of monotheism. So whosoever follows him in that thereafter, they also yani, attain the status. But the goodness of this yani, goes back to Nabi Ibrahim. So this is also a reflection of his leadership and his sincerity towards the slaves of Allah Azza wa Jal and his desire to increase the numbers of those who lead others on the straight path. So how great was his ambition and status? So after Allah Azza wa Jal made Nabi Ibrahim an Imam, Nabi Ibrahim made dua to Allah and he said, Qala wa min And Ya Allah, what about my descendants? Right, what about my descendants? So he made this to add to Allah Azza wa Jal for this status to reach his descendants as well. But Allah Azza wa said, Qala la yanalu ahdi Allah said that my covenant does not extend to the transgressors. My covenant does not extend to the transgressors. So what is meant over here is leadership in religion cannot be attained by one who wrongs and harms himself and brings himself down because 
transgression is contrary to the status of leadership, which can only be attained by means of patience and sincere strong faith. In other words, those who will be qualified to attain the status will be those who have a high level of Iman and they do a great deal of righteous deeds and are possessed of good characteristics and good attitude. And they have complete love of Allah Azza wa Jal, fearing Him and turning to Him at all times. So how can a transgressor attain such a status? And we know the greatest form of transgression it is shirk. So وَقَالَ وَمِن ذُرِّيَّةِ And of my descendants, can they also attain the status? Allah says قَالَ لَا يَنَالُ أَهْدِ that my covenant does not extend to the oppressors. And this is the implicit meaning of this verse, is that anyone other than the transgressor may attain a position of leadership, but only after meeting its conditions. So what Shaykh Abdul Rahman is saying here is, from this verse we can derive the conditions of leadership. That if a person is not known to be a transgressor, he can be a leader. But if he fills the conditions of leadership in that specific role. So leadership is not for anyone. Leadership is for those people who do not transgress firstly. Yani a mushrik. And then we said below that is any form of transgression. But if the person meets the conditions of leadership in that particular field of expertise, then he can become a leader. Then Allah Azza wa Jal he refers to a lasting sign which shows yani, the leadership and great effects of Nabi Ibrahim in this dunya. And Allah says, وَإِذْ جَعَلْنَا الْبَيْتَ مَثَابَةً لِلنَّاسِ وَأَمْنَاهُ وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى وَعَهِدَنَا إِلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالرُّكَّعِ السُّجُودِ Allah says, and remember when we made the house a focal point for the people and we made it a place of sanctuary and said, take the station of Ibrahim as a place of prayer. Take the station of Ibrahim as a place of prayer. And we commanded Ibrahim and Ismail that they should purify my house for those who succumb belated or stay there for worship or bow or prostrate there. Or bow or prostrate there. So Ya Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions to us the legacy of Nabi Ibrahim and his descendants, which offers to us proof of the leadership of Nabi Ibrahim and reminds us of how he was. Allah Azza wa Jal says, and remember when we made a, the house a focal point for the people. That is a place which they return to attain religious and worldly benefits. It is a place that they frequent and never tire of it. So Allah said, and remember when you made the house a focal point for the people, meaning a place where they go to to attain worldly and religious benefits. Or firstly religious benefits, then worldly benefits. And it is a place that they will frequent and never tire of. This is the meaning of mathaba, a focal point, a place that they return to often to gain benefit from and never tire from it. And this is true. People who have been to Makkah, they want to return 
people have not been there desire to go and this is what Allah Azrael speaks about in this verse he's made it a focal point for the believers وَأَمْنَى and Allah Azrael also made it a sanctuary Makkah is a haram that is it is a place where everybody feels safe it's a place where everybody feels safe even wild animals and inanimate things such as trees are safe there because you cannot kill any game and you cannot yani, uproot any trees in Makkah and perhaps we can check this later I want to actually check um, the percentage of murders in Makkah Taib. check that up later inshallah but Allah Azrael says we made it an amna yani killing it is prohibited in there does it happen? Possibly it can happen, but Allah Azza gave Makkah the status. Hence, during Jailiyah, despite the shirk that the people were involved in, the people still venerated the Haram immensely. To such a degree that if a man found his father's killer in the sanctuary, he would not yani, take retribution and he would not seek revenge on behalf of his father. So, this is the extent that the Mushrikun venerated and honored the Baytullah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when Islam came it was further emphasized Islam further emphasized the sanctity of Makkah its veneration and honor of the house Allah said and take the station of Ibrahim as a place of prayer and the Maqam of Ibrahim is the stone which Nabi Ibrahim stood on to build the Kaaba and it is it is housed in that yani gold type of cage so what is meant by this verse Sheikh Abdul Rahman says it may be that what is meant here is the well-known maqam the well-known maqam meaning the maqam of Ibrahim which he stood on the position of which is now in front of the door of the Kaaba where the two raka'at is prayed yani after each and every single tawaf each and every single tawaf you perform it is sunnah for you to pray two raka'at and when you pray the two raka'at behind the maqam of Ibrahim so this is the instruction Allah is giving us here and this is the view of the majority of Mufassiri that it refers to yani the maqam of Ibrahim min Ibrahim musalla take the station of Ibrahim as the place where you pray behind it and it also may be understood that refers to all places where Ibrahim stood Maqam all places where Nabi Ibrahim stood yani, or halted during Hajj then Allah Azrael is commanding us here to pray in these places okay, which refers to all rituals because we know that the one who taught us the rituals of Hajj was Nabi Ibrahim so Shaykh Abdul Rahman says what could be understood here is that we follow the rituals of Nabi Ibrahim in Hajj namely Tawaf around the Kaaba Sa'i standing yani, in Arafah and Muzdalifah and stoning the Jamarat offering the sacrifice and other actions that take place during Hajj hence what is meant by the words a prayer place is a place of worship in other words follow the example in the rituals of Hajj and he says this may be a more appropriate meaning since if you take this interpretation then it encompasses Salah as well
the campus is praying behind the Maqam of Ibrahim and all the other rituals of Hajj. And Sheikh Abdul Rahman says that perhaps this is a better interpretation of the verse. A better interpretation of the verse. Allah then says, وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِي And we commanded Ibrahim and Ismail that they should purify my house. That is, Allah Azza wa Jal commanded them by revealing to them and instructed them to purify the house of Allah by ridding it of all traces of shirk and polytheism, disbelief and sin, abomination, impurities and filth, so that it may be for those who circumambulate it, right, and those who stay there for worship or bow or prostrate there. That is, that those who pray there, um, this is the purpose why Nabi Ibrahim and Ismail should purify the house. So in this verse, Allah Azrael mentioned, first he tawaf. He first mentioned tawaf. And tahira bayti ta'ifin that you purify my house for those who circumambulate it. Wal aqifin, those who stay there for worship, wal rukka isujud, and those who pray there. So why did Allah Azzawajal mention tawaf first? He mentioned tawaf first since tawaf is something which is restricted to the Baytullah. There's no other place you can do tawaf yani seven times around any object except the Kaaba. So for this reason Allah mentioned it first over here. Because it is unique to Masjid al-Haram. That is followed by mention of staying there for worship. Akifin, which is known as Itikaf. And one of the conditions of Itikaf is that it must be done in a masjid. So that's the reason Allah mentions Akifin secondly. And prayer is mentioned last, although it is the most superior act because it is not specific to the mosque and may be offered anyway. Taib. So if you're wondering why did Allah mention for those who prostrate in it, why did Allah mention first tawaf? Because tawaf is of the specialities of the Baytullah. Allah mentioned secondly, aqifin, those who perform itikaf at it, because the condition for itikaf it is, must be done in a masjid. And then Allah mentioned those who do sujood, which is salah, since it is not specific to the masjid, it can be offered anywhere. So Allah Azawajal said, Antahira bayti, that you purify my house. And Allah Azawajal attached the Baytullah to his name. So what type of attachment is this? This is called idafa to tashrif. This is called the attachment which gives honor. If Allah Azawajal simply called yani, Masjid al-Haram, Baytun, a house, or Allah Azawajal called Yani the masajid, a bait, a house, it wouldn't have had that reverence. So Allah Azrael attaches his name to the haram to give it reverence. Baytullah. If this masjid we were sitting in now, if we simply just said, Yani, this is a place that has been erected for worship. It's a place, not a masjid, that has been erected for worship. Would we have honored it the same? Perhaps, perhaps not. But the fact that we attach the masajid to the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, it gives it reverence. 
Baytullah. So Allah attributed the house to himself for several reasons, such as the following. Firstly, so that Ibrahim and Ismail would pray, pay extra attention to purifying it, because it is the house of Allah. And so they would strive hard to do their utmost. Secondly, the fact that it is described as Allah's house is a sign of honor. tashrif, And this is an implicit instruction to his slaves to venerate and honor it. Thirdly, the fact that it is connected to what Allah makes people's hearts attached to. The reason why our heart is attached to the Kaaba is because in it is found the Baytullah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are some of the reasons why Allah attributed his house yani to his name. This is why Allah attributed his house to his name. Take a look at one more verse inshallah and we'll conclude there. Allah says in verse 126, Allah says in verse 126, And remember when Ibrahim said, Rabbi, O oh my Rabb, Ija'al, O oh my Lord, make this a city of peace. Rabbi, Ija'al, Hatha, Baladan, Amina. Make this a city of Amen, a city of peace and security. And sustain its inhabitants with thamarat, with fruits. Those whom believe in Allah, those from amongst him who believes in Allah and the last day. Kala, Allah says, and those who reject my favors and disbelieve, I will grant them enjoyment for a short while. Then I will drive him and compel him towards the punishment of the Alfaya and what a miserable journey's end. What a miserable journey's end. So that is remember when Ibrahim made the supplication and prayed for this house. After building it, he made dua, oh Allah make this Yani Balad, make this city a place of aman, a place of security and safety and its yani, environment that Allah should make it a city of peace and provide its people with various kinds of fruits so what type of fruits? the verse hasn't mentioned that and that's also not important to us and then he limited the supplication to the believers right? those from amongst him who believes in Allah and the last day. He restricted his dua to those who believe. And this is showing good etiquette in dua with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because his first request regarding leadership had been general for all of mankind. But Allah said, لا ينال أحدي الظالمين That my covenant does not extend to the transgressors. So Nabi Ibrahim learned the lesson and he applied it. And so now he's only making dua for For the believers. Taib, he's only making dua for the believers. Hence, when he prayed for provision for them, he limited it to the believers as well. And sustain 
its people with fruits. So he's making dua to Allah Azza wa Jal to sustain the believers. And this is, encompasses all the believers. Right? Even though the provision of Allah Azza wa Jal, the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal sustains, it encompasses all of the creation. But Nabi Ibrahim is only making dua that Allah Azza wa Jal sustains the believers. And that is, since the believers, they seek by way of their risk, they use it for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever Allah sustains them with, they utilize it in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah then said, As for those who disbelieve, that is, I shall grant them provision to all of them. قَلِيلًا I will give them provision and enjoyment, right, for a short while. And then Allah says, ثم أطره. Then I will drive them, that is, force them 